bit earlier today, you might have heard the news that Gary Lineker was pulled off match of the day and pulled and stepped back from presenting the show. This was because of his criticism of the government's asylum plans relating it to 1930s Germany. Now, obviously, many other pundits have followed and also left the program in solidarity. And the program will not will air without any pundits um, when it shows the Premier League games on the 11th of March. My opinion on this is that it's stupid. It is absolutely stupid the way he's been treated. To have brought a program up, to have worked on it with your, with some of your good friends, and to have brought a program up and have fun doing it and create a lot a, a relatable audience. For the BBC to treat him like that is insanely harsh, and also it makes no sense. <clears throat> I think that the one thing that I found unbelievably annoying is that he's lost his freedom of speech he's lost all the freedoms of speech that he had and he's they've been taken away from him which makes absolutely no sense to me <clears throat> and I, I stand in solidarity with Gary I don't agree with most of the decisions that the government has made since um on illegal migration. I don't agree with what Suella Braverman has said about... Now, okay. I know a lot of people are going to be saying, well, don't make it political. It's it's not a political matter. You're young, Ada. It has absolutely nothing to do with... It has something to do with me. Okay. I feel affected by this in some way because this is not the first time the BBC has done this. They sacked Clarkson, Hammond and May... From Top Gear, when they did nothing, when Joe, when Jeremy Clarkson um, was bo- was booted off, they sacked them all. Actually, they they were pretty much forced to leave. They sacked Clarkson though, and that was a that was a joke that happened around twenty sixteen. They were treated terribly. The BBC just has this sort of reputation of dragging the people through the mud for. For doing what? Maybe not. Maybe not for Clarkson. But for this, for this one. But for this one, Gary Gary Lineker has not done much wrong here. He's spoken from his heart. He's spoken about what he thinks they're going to do. Okay, and he's just been saying, "I think we they're doing some wrong things wrong here." I think you know, I want to give my opinion on this. You are allowed to do that. What people are not allowed to do, what the government is not allowed to do, is criticise... I don't think they're allowed to criticise what he's saying. Because it's called freedom of speech. You're allowed to say... You're allowed to express your opinion, even if the government feels offended. That's how it works. I'm sorry, but that's just how it works. I didn't make it. That's just how things work. Suella Braverman has said, oh yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that, that you were the one that made the policy in the first place. You were the one that started all of this. 
Use one that started with the policy, which was stupid, by the way. And, and to be fair, most of the things that you've done as a home strategy have been brainless. Absolutely brainless. You've no idea how to run a government. You have no idea how to run policing and be a home secretary. You have no idea how to do that. It is insane the amount of hypocrisy in this gov in this government in this modern age British government. The fact that they can say one thing but still do it. It's like, oh, oh, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that about our policy? Still goes and makes it even worse. Oh, we we need to tackle Im illegal migration. Keeps on relating to the manifesto that I was made in two thousand nineteen. Come on, come on, and just when and then when one person stands up and says, "I don't think you guys are doing it right," you cancel him. It's so soft. I'm so glad that people that that Ian Wright, Alan Shearer are also going off the show. Lin Gary Lineker does not deserve this in any way possible. The BBC have just moved in solidarity with the government, and be like. Oh, we're scared because we don't want the government to disagree with us. Show some nerve. Show some solidarity. Show some loyalty. Show some loyalty to the guy who has been carrying this program, who has been hosting this program with some of his with some of the best pundits the UK has to offer. Consistently putting them above their rivals in ITV. Consistently doing that. And this is how you're going to treat him. Have some loyalty, man. Don't, don't say, well, we, 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 took the right, we took the right actions. We did, took the right decisions. These are not the right actions. When the people and the population disagree, they are definitely not the right actions. They said they're going to focus on match action. Match action. They shouldn't. They should actually address what happened. They should address what happened hands on. They should not hide from this. They have no right to hide from this. Roger Bol I'm going to read a quote that Roger Bolton put out right now. He said, speaking on the BBC News Channel, BBC News Channel, he said, It's a total mess, but I think that in the end the BBC is right. Impartiality and is desperately important. The impression of impartia impartiality is desperately important. And if you do have a presenter talking not at a great length, but on Twitter about a matter of real controversy where the country's divided, then it does matter. He also says that the BBC should have resolved the matter much earlier by ensuring that Lineker's contract said he shouldn't tweet about such things, but the end of the BBC has taken, in my view, the right decision. I have a question. What decision did you take? You didn't take any of the decisions. You, were, you pretty much forced Gary Lineker to step back. You didn't take any decisions. You, you, you just said... Oh, okay, you, you, I think you should step back. He stepped back. And then you start criticising him. That is what's happened. Now everyone's going to fall down. Now the programme's going to fall down as you try to recover it. That's exactly what should happen. Match of the day has done nothing wrong. Match of the day, the programme itself has done nothing wrong. Michael Richards, Alex Scott, Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, nothing wrong. But what they have done right here is they show some loyalty to the person who has carried the program and been the front of the program for, the, I think, the last 20 or so years. They've shown solidarity to him. They've shown loyalty, unlike what the BBC is doing. And they've shown 
Right, and they sort of said to him, right, Gary, I'm sticking with you. I'm not going to back the BBC in any way here. I trust you. I stand by you. And I hope, and we're going to fight, and we're going to find a way out of this together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Round the Outside podcast. Thank you so much for joining, for listening. Um, yeah, I'm... It's been it's been a it's been a hell of a week for me. It's been a hell of a week, um, sport sport wise. Um, I've been tr- I've been trying to get a um podcast out, but it's been yeah, it's been very hard. I've been a little tangled up with other commitments and schoolwork. So sorry about that. But to, today I've just sort of like you know, let's have a Q and A. Let let let's chill out a bit. Um, so what I've done. Is I've gathered some questions um, from the previous podcast episodes from the Q&A at Spotify. Go check that out. Um, and I'm just going to answer them. I, I, I just kind of want to make it like a bit more of a chill episode. I mean, those these questions will obviously be related to the stuff that's happened this week. Um, so let's get into it. So question one. Uh, this is to do with... The bar barring Grand Prix. After the barring after the barring Grand Prix this week, do you think that Fernando Alonso can win races consistently faster, Martin, or do you think it's just a one-off pace? I saw I saw this like last year with Valtteri Bottas. I think like he started the season really really well, and like I remember saying like if he gets a podium, I'll jump into a river, um, but. Yeah, he started to like drop off, and he sort of didn't have like he didn't sort of maintain that gap up like sort of those consistent top five finishes. I think it's different with Alonso. Aston Martin definitely brought let's let's say second fastest car to Bahrain. Yeah, they didn't have a great qualifying, but that was probably down to the Red Bulls and I think for I think Ferrari sort of made like a little change. I think they had a um, fresh tire run, and um, I want to didn't. But quality pace, I don't think Aston Martin were gonna are gonna be as competitive, or maybe they were last year. But a quality pace, they're not gonna be as competitive. Race pace is where they're definitely a lot stronger, and probably the second fastest car on the grid. Because I think in those long race runs, I think we saw in practice and testing, you know, Aston Martin like they sort of. Continually brought like really good lap times. Like, hang on a minute, this this is a bit interesting. So, I mean, I don't think they're obviously going to beat Red Bull. I don't think it'll be consistent wins. However, if maybe if maybe like Verstappen has a DNF or Perez has a DNF, Alonso has to be ready to pounce and sort of take advantage of that. Which I think they he will be. He will be. And when that time comes, you know, they will be ready. Right, question two. I, I'm probably gonna sort these out a little bit, um, a little bit more organized rather than sort of going back and forth. After 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 McLaren's terrible performance at the Bahrain Grand Prix, do you think Lando Norris should consider consider leaving the team after his contract ends in 2026? <sighs> yes, yes. I I think he should. I think. It's tough to see Lando stay at McLaren, considering like 
Look, 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 look at how Aston Martin are broken into the top three teams. Like, it's not impossible, but that was supposed to be McLaren. McLaren was supposed to be the team that breaks into the top three and starts challenging for wins. They, they've had, like, this sort of project as well, which hasn't gone well, to get back to race wins and winning championships under Zach Brown, which hasn't worked. They've only won a race since he got here. They've lost Andreas Seidel. The team's sort of just stalemate. They're not heading in a decent direction. The only good thing probably about the team is the driver lineup. Andreas Stella doesn't look confident. Lando's not confident in the car. He was struggling with the engine. I think engine, they had to add like sort of air into the engine that was struggling. Reliability is going to be a struggle. It's not. I. I it's just a bleak team in, ter- in general. I think Lando's got to get that out there as soon as possible. And the, by the time he's got to twenty twenty six, he'll be at, he would have been at McLaren for about seven or eight years. That's a long time. Look, at, I think looking at what is pretty parallel to Lewis, like how Lando spent a lot of like they both spent a lot of time at McLaren, and then they moved and made a pretty bold, bold um, career choice, which paid off. Lewis went to Mercedes, which at the time was a midfield team. But however, I think with Lando and in terms of what's there, there's not a lot of options. I I feel like if Lewis retires, I think he will obviously probably be the front runner for that Mercedes seat. I don't think he'll go. I don't think he'll go to Ferrari. I don't think he'll go to Red Bull either, unless Shaka retires. He's definitely not going to Alpine. He won't stay at McLaren. The only other option I can see is Aston. I think Aston Martin would be the obvious one, probably one of the obvious choices apart from Mercedes, because they're on output trajectory. I don't. I, Stroll's not going to leave, but when I don't think Alonso's going to really retire anytime soon, so maybe not there. If he leaves this year, however, the probably most uh, most similar outcome to what happened what happened to Hamilton in twenty thirteen when he went to Mercedes is the Audi drive. He's worked with Seidel before; they have a good relationship. That Audi car, we don't know how competitive it's going to be, but it could be, you know, a top five car. What if it is a top five car? Could Lando maybe move to Sauber? Wait it out a little bit, see if it's the right move for him, and then when the time comes, when the Audi influence comes, could that team then become a much more stronger force and really start challenging for wins? That's what Lando wants, and I think if I think he would probably get that would be the perfect outcome for him. Right now. I think what he's just got to do is just keep putting his best in and trying to get points out of that car every weekend. Speaking of Mercedes, I was just talking about Mercedes. Speaking of Mercedes, I've got a question now. Have Mercedes lost the plot with their um, design? Lewis, Toto and George don't seem happy. I want to get your opinion on it. It's an interesting one. Like, Mercedes last year, when they, like, came to promotional voting with photos with, like, no side pods. People lost their minds. They were like, what's this car? Where are the side pods? Like, it's like, I used to, I used to think, like, with the side pods, like, 
it's I don't know how to describe it. You know, like um, when you poke steel and then you can just poke it back back out again. That's like that's kind of cool. I thought that was like it was like what happened to the Mercedes where they just poked it in and then they forgot to poke it back out again. Um, I don't know how to describe describe that, but yeah, Mercedes. I think Mercedes need to change it. I I, I don't think that. They've got it right. They've got it wrong. Let's be honest. They've not. They've gone different to the field. They've been audacious. It's been decent. They've obviously done it for a reason because it's been quicker in the sim. Maybe you know the drivers. It suited the drivers' driving style. It did work last year. They got a race win. Uh, oh, actually, no, I wouldn't say it worked last year. It didn't pay off last year, but they still got a win. They still won a race. They got one two. First one to didn't and then it did something they hadn't done in the twenty twenty one season. I would be intensifies, but I think the the key thing with Mercedes is both of the drivers are not happy. They know they've made a mistake. How do they change it? The they're probably gonna go to something similar to the Red Bull design. It would be kind of cool to see. Like, Mercedes rock up to Miami, and then they're, like, all of a sudden, like, unbelievably quick, and, like, six tenths faster than the Red Bulls. That would be kind of funny to see. But I, I, I just can't see... I don't think they'll win the Constructors this year. I, th- I think they've probably already lost it. And looking at, like, I know a lot of people are saying, like, Aston Martin are quicker than them. They share the same engine. It's like they share the same wind tunnel... They share pretty much the same gearbox, same engine. That's so embarrassing for Mercedes. They were 50 seconds off, not only 50 seconds off Red Bull. Both of their cars finished behind Fernando Alonso. And Russell couldn't pull up a gap on Stroll. It's insane. Like, obviously the only thing that's different between Aston Martin and Mercedes is the design of the car. Aston Martin have gone with the Red Bull design because of Dan Fallows and now because he's in the team. And Mercedes have gone with the Zero Pod design. Mercedes have got to change it. The drivers are not happy. Lewis is probably going to move to Ferrari if the rumours are true. They've got to change it and they've got to change it quickly. And these upgrades could come by about Imola or Miami. They have to change it. They've got to get their season back on track. It'll be... Interesting to see how they're doing Jeddah, obviously, next week. I don't think they'll sack Toto Wolf. I mean, like, they, he's now acknowledged that they've done something wrong. It's a different situation for him because now, like, it's similar to what, like, Christian did, Christian Horner did at Red Bull. You know, he came, started winning, and then he does, like, a long period where he didn't, he wasn't winning, and they were, like, third. So now they've got to figure out how to get a competitive car again to challenge the Red Bulls. That'll be interesting to see. I think now they'll they want to keep Lewis, but you know, they have to make a forward step. They've got to make a forward step. You know, everyone was saying, no, Mercedes is definitely going to challenge Red Bull this season. They've got rid of the porpoising. Maybe this could be the uh, Mercedes' year. It's not. It's not Mercedes yet. They need to take more time to develop that car and hopefully make it more close to the Red Bulls. Moving on, then. Oh no! I just, I've just seen the new. I've just seen the new, the uh, other question. 
Oh god. Okay. So now on to the football news. I think that, I I wonder I wonder what was so glitteringly obvious this year this year this week. After Manchester United seven 0 lost to Liverpool, does that do you think that changes any of the progress they made on Eric Ten Hag? No, here's why. So, as you probably know, Man United got hammered in the second half to slay from against Liverpool. I know, I know. It's 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 hard as a Man United fan. It's been it's been it's been a while. Let's say that. It's been a while since we've been thrashed. Um, but the only thing I can really say is that... I, I, I guess that... Um, the only thing I can really say is that Ten Hag, the progress he's made, is still pretty good. It's been amazing. Like, they're still in the top four. Like, seven points ahead of Liverpool. So, and... Four points out of Tottenham with a game in hand, so I don't think I don't feel as if they've done. They're taking a step back just because it's one game. Obviously, they've beaten Bet- Real Betis with a comeback. Rashford's still in pretty good form. Without him, we'd be pretty pretty done for our season. Would be um, Ten Hag's been amazing. David de Gea has been amazing. Um, there's still been a lot of standouts. I think. There's still a long a long way to go if we want to be challenging for league titles and trophy and trophies on a weekly like on a yearly basis. However, I think that you know it's it's a good start. There's obviously gonna be these sort of setbacks when we're trying to rebuild a team. Um but I think now there's obviously you know, we 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 got we beaten Betis. But I think the main thing it shows, you know, problems are still there, you know, like Bruno Fernandes' captaincy was awful against Liverpool. Ten Hag kept the faith in him, kept the same team. It's very it was very bold. And, you know, that's been a key thing with Ten Hag. Some of his substitutions have been very bold. They paid off. It's sort of been like a no risk, no fun sort of thing. Like risk reward, fortune favours the brave. And it's worked. It worked against Real Betis, Fernandez was one of the best players on the pitch. I think we're gonna. St- I think we should stick with him as our sort of as our as our captain when Harry Maguire is not on the pitch. Although I do think Harry Maguire will be sold this summer. I think Fernandez is a worthy successor. He will keep. He will definitely provi- provide as a good, um, as a as a good as a good backup. Um, to Harry Maguire and a sort of, he's still a great midfielder. He's he's still a very good midfielder. Um, still one of the best in the league. So there's not. I don't think there's. I think yeah, obviously there's cracks, but let's. I don't think I wouldn't say paper papering over them. They're, but they're not massive, like very big cracks at the moment. We can still move on without them. Um. Okay, so that is um, no. Actually, there's a there's a few more questions. Actually, um, right. <laughs> okay, I've been wanting to talk about this for so long, man. Um, what I just want to get your thoughts on the WPL. Yeah, I haven't really heard you talk about Winter Dragon a lot, apart from that World Cup 
Other than the World Cup final, last episode, I just wanted to get your thoughts and see how it goes. Buddy, I hate to break it to you, but I feel like it's going to flop. You know, I, I look, like everyone has been talking about, we need a woman, we need a women's IPL. We need a women's IPL. But like, when you talk about something that much, it's never going to bring, build up to that expectation. It's good. It's a good idea. But I just, I just feel like it's not going to develop as good as people would like. I, I just, I, I, I feel as if, you know, it's going to add to the schedule of the women's game, which is something that they're doing much better than the men's game. Managing players and their schedule is, that is doing, has been done much better than the men's game. When you take that away and you keep on adding like these more franchise tournaments to that, that doesn't work. That really doesn't work. Um, I prefer they sort of just stick to international cricket and the BCCI rather than making that like Women's Premier League sort of expands and focuses on different things in terms of like expanding the game and maybe sort of working with other countries to expand it maybe to the Olympics and that sort of thing. That's what I want to see from the from the BCCI. I don't think that priority should be a women's Premier League because they've got to protect the schedule of the players. Um, who do you th- okay, next question? Who do you think is going to make the World Test Championship final? Australia and India easily. Um, I, I I saw like today, you know, Australia are probably going to win the fourth test between uh, between India and um, Australia. They India only have to win one game um, to go, go get through to the final. Australia are already through. I honestly just feel like Australia should just deliberately lose one or forfeit so that um, India get into the final. I would like to, oh, it would be kind of fun to see Sri Lanka in the final. Although I would just make like a really one sided final, which is not what we really want to see. So yeah, I think it will be Australia India. And, oh, I think Australia are going to win. Because it's Australia. It's... When is actually the World Test Championship final? I want to see. Um, like, how, do I, how, do I, how do I check? Let's see. How do I check? Um, right, I'm just checking now. But... Oh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll carry on talking. I think... You know... Obviously, Australia... Have been a team that you know obviously had a lot of setbacks in those first two tests, but now they're starting to sort of, I guess, come come through and sort of figure out those weaknesses. Like they're getting new spinners in. I think like Tom Murphy was doing very very well. Um, I don't think they had. I don't think they had swept in, did they? Nathan Lyon was doing very well. Um, I don't think they won the Ashes though. I think. I, I, I can't see Australia winning the Ashes. It'll be tough for them to do that. I, 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 I mean, as much... They're obviously going to get a bit of preparation because that, I just said, check now, that game is on the 17th of... Not on the 7th of June, which is before the Ashes. So, I, Australia will obviously get some good preparation at the Kiro on some English pitches. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh yeah, the Ashes. I think it'll be pretty, I think this Ashes will be pretty close. It's crazy to think, like, let me put this into context for you guys. I started around the outside just before an Ashes. 
it was in like September, in, in September 2001, I think it was like the same, September the 16th, 2021. Over two years, pretty much one and a half years later, we have another Asher series. That's insane, bro. Like, that's, that's insane, sort of how far I we've come, like, how far, like, this po- like this podcast has come, how far, like, how quickly time has changed. And as I, as I say that now, I just want to say thank you to you all. Thank you to everyone who's listened. Thank you to everyone who's shared a podcast to their friends. Honestly, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I don't know how to repay you, but I just I just hope that my thanks from the bottom of my heart um, can repay you. I, I, I genuinely thank you so much. It, it it it's this has changed my life. This has genuinely changed my life. And you guys, you listening, and the people who've followed this podcast podcast the whole way, you guys are G's. You guys are legends. I love you all, um, and my goal, obviously, from this podcast is just to make, is to sort of express my opinions, I I sort of wanted to do that from a young age, and I've just wanted to, the goal of my content and podcast was to entertain, to be, to be fun, to be happy, to make, you know, cricket, Formula One, and football slash soccer, Less boring, you know, saying, oh, well, cricket's a really boring sport. I wanted to break that stereotype and just, so just, just have some fun. And the fact that we're doing that now, I just want, and how it, the way this is going, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for everything that you guys have, have done um, for me. And it's, I'm so I'm so grateful. I I, 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 I can't think of words to say. I, I, yeah, it's insane. Thank you so much for listening um, to this podcast. Um, it's just thank you so thank you so much for for joining. Please share this. Please share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Um, and if you like if you liked it. Go check our, uh, our episodes on Spotify and make sure to follow um, us on Spotify so that you never miss an episode. Bye!